All right, here we go. Clowns and balloons. Clowns and balloons. But we uh, are. We are. Up with Donna. I'm going to come across console. Thursday, please don't make me. Golly. Here we go. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old and put in a loyal 26 years. Welcome to my second act. My name is Donna and I'm Caddy's wife. I am like Uncle Charles cold. That's cold. <laughs> That's cold. We got to explain to you who Uncle Charles is. But here's the thing. I'm also so dramatic. Like the other day I left my coat at work and we were leaving the podcast studio and it was freezing. Like wind chills here in Atlanta this week have been in the lower 20s right and if you're listening in another city and it gets really cold like buffalo new york you're like oh please you warm-blooded fool but for us it's freezing like and i was like walking slow so that i didn't like slip on a piece of ice and i was like oh my god oh my gosh it's so cold it's so cold it's like so dramatic and i said to you donna you're acting like uncle charles yeah and uncle charles was actually my great uncle and uncle charles served in world war ii and was a stand-up guy Lived across the street from my grand, it was my grandfather's brother. Lived across the street from my granddaddy and granny in Charlotte, North Carolina. And it didn't matter the temperature. It could have been 110 degrees in the Queen City of Charlotte, North Carolina. And if you walked into Uncle Charles and Aunt Evelyn's home, Uncle Charles was going to be sitting in a recliner with a toboggan on. Oh. And like a World War II. Uh, Bomber jacket. Seriously. Uh-huh. Uh, because I... Why are old people cold all the time? I think because they're thin. Their skin's thin and they're blessed. And maybe it's because we're old. Because you're you're dramatic too. Last night when we went to get the bed, you're like, mm, like, uh, oh, oh, it's so cold. Is like, that what it sounded yeah. like? <laughs> yes. Is that what it sounded like? Yes. But I mean, I'm the same way. It's just like freezing. And it's because it's so extreme. Because in Atlanta, you can go from 70 to 30 overnight. We're just not prepared for it. Quarantine asymptomatic mamba and antebellum are not the 2020 word of the year although they were runners up coming up we're going to uh, talk about uh, what's it miriam webster right the dictionary i think that's her name Mir- Marian is <laughs> miriam webster yeah thank you uh-huh. this week they have named the word of 2020 i can't wait to find out what it is There is a soon-to-be ex-husband of a talk show host and huge recording artist that is asking for $67,500 a month. A month. In child support. They have two kids. Multiply that times two. That number is nowhere near what he's asking for in spousal support. This is going to be a very contentious divorce in Hollywood. The latest about that. And I have not been myself lately. And I think that some recent episodes of this podcast have suffered because of it. Particularly, mm-hmm. I think so. In, in the past couple of weeks, I've just kind of been just. You're like outing yourself. Just, just get it over with. Okay. And it probably maybe you could tell in the content okay. and my involvement. So those are some things. That's just, a, that's just a sampling of what's coming up. I can't wait. This episode. And that's not the A plus level content. That's just like some throwaway stuff. Wait until you hear the A plus level content coming up this episode. I can't wait. Of my second act. All right. Let's talk about our hype songs, what we listen to on the way here today to the App and Podcast Network. We are 30 miles north of downtown Atlanta in beautiful Alpharetta, Georgia. I'm going to let you go first this time. Okay. I'm going to add Blueberry Fuego 
Okay, by what Lil is Mosey. That? By Lil Mosey. What is that? Is that dirty? There is a very explicit version of the song, yeah. So make sure you get uh, the clean one. Blueberry Fuego. Blueberry Fuego. F-A-Y-G-O. It was the third most listened to song in 2020 on Spotify. Have you seen the Spotify rap stuff come out? Yes, like All over social media? I put mine up there. I have, is it wrapped or unwrapped? Unwrapped. I have 5,026 minutes that I listened to on Spotify. What was your top song? Uh, I had some John Prine. I had some John Mayer. I had a lot of country. Came in strong with some Morgan Wallen. Yeah, 5,026 hours. Okay, back to... What are those 5,000 minutes? Minutes, yes, yeah. that's all. Okay, yeah. Black to back to Blueberry Fuego. Blueberry Fuego. Is that a band? It's a rap. Is well, it it's it's is from Lil Mosey. Lil, oh, Mo- Lil, Lil. Lil. Write that down, because you, you're the curator of the Spotify Hikes on Playlist. Do you think Mosey is like... M-O-S-E-Y. M-O-S-E-Y. Oh, no, okay. M-O-S-E-Y. M-O-S-E-Y. You've Lil never Lil heard of Lil Mosey? I haven't. And I've heard of a lot of people. Okay. The second most listened to song on Spotify for 2020 is uh, The Weekend Blinding Lights. That, that makes sense. And number one, the box from Roddy Rich, which because of TikTok. Both of those, really. Yeah. Blinding light, same thing. So. Have you listened to Blueberry Fuego? Like, I, I have it downloaded on my phone. It's my, I'm not kidding. It's my hype song. I love it. What's the gist of it? Yeah. Uh, I just listen for the beat, Donna. Okay. Shake your Blueberry Fuego. But it's very dirty. So clean, well, okay. clean version. Well, I mean. All right, I'll do the okay. best I can. All right, what was your hype song? Well, Blueberry Fuego is going to be thrilled to share the hype song playlist with, are you ready? Neil Diamond. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I am adding Forever in Blue Jeans. I love Neil Diamond. Don't you? I was going to add Sweet Caroline because that's the one, you know, the minute you hear those opening dun, notes. Dun, yeah. Dun. And you've heard it at every softball, football game, graduation, everything. But I'm going to go with a little. I don't know that song. Forever in blue jeans, babe. Yeah, you'll know it when you hear it. Okay. I love Neil Diamond, don't you? He was one of the first concerts I ever saw. And that hair, he had that like aggressive side part and it like would never move. It was like a little helmet. Aggressive side part. Yeah, it wasn't, I love in, that. It wasn't like in the middle. He came all the way over and did sort of a heavy comb over tease. And he'd kind of wear blue jeans, you know? He just had a little style to I him. remember I was probably in maybe middle school and I saw him in Charlotte. North Carolina, and when he did, uh, they're coming to America, and that Neil Diamond, dun, yes. dun, dun, like that huge red, white, and blue American flag drops from the yeah, back the of the stage. Comes yeah, down. I mean, it was just so dramatic, and, and you yeah. just got, I mean, you stood up and saluted. And he would just kind of like walk around the stage, kind of like George Strait. Right. You know, just sort of prowl around the stage. But get all wave, the hits in. Do that little wave to everyone. Here's the way I look at the Spotify playlist. It's almost like when when the new songs come on, the people are at the door like waving to them, welcoming them in. So you've got like Eric Church and Morgan Wallen going, hey, Blueberry Fuego, come on in. Join the party. And then like, who's coming behind you? Good Is Lord. Neil Is that Neil Diamond? Yeah. Come Loretta on Lynn. My Here she comes. God, you look great. Yeah. All right. So. Well, I don't both. We've been wearing masks since March. Some more than others. Have you... Looked at the stains oh, on your mask. They're doo-doo stains. Okay, stop. <laughs> on this KN95. Okay, I don't have doo-doo that I'm holding on my mask. Right now. Why would you have doo-doo on your mask? I don't know. There's no telling. But again, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November. Ten months. Ten months. We've been covering up. Do you wear the same mask every day? I At this point, don't we all just kind of grab one and we don't care? And that's just it. They're being reuse no one's washing them have you washed a mask since march yes i have wa- you have not I, I washed i washed this one 
the one I have around my neck, my little, um, cause it's my little leopard print one with my initials on it. <laughs> Lest anyone. Well, just to paint the picture too, you have one of those old women, uh, eyeglass chains wrapped around your neck that keeps this it's leopard print chain. stripper coronavirus mask. <laughs> Around your boobs. Okay. It looks like a pair. My mask looks like it's a like pair. Panties. Of, like panties. Yeah. But it's not. And it's got my initials on it. Lest someone try to pick it up. And I got a mask chain on Amazon because I got sick of taking it on and off and looking for it. So it is what Are it there is. stains that you cannot identify on That's, your mask? That is so gross. Now, I will tell you, I have when I haven't had my stripper mask chain and my stripper mask, and I've had to like reach into the side door. Because Charlotte has to wear a mask every day, too. So I have this box. Of and Charlotte kind of, is our 14-year-old daughter that is in, in school. She's Yeah, she's actually physically in school. school. So I have a box of masks because, she, you know, it'd be great if they reused them, but they're not. So she has to, like, grab one almost every day. So if I forget to grab one, then I'll grab one that's in, like, a side door pocket, and I do look at them. And I'm like, Do you ever wonder who wore this who, – who's worn this mask in the last 10 months? Has, has there been a complete stranger that has put this mask on? That's a, poss that's a possibility, is it not? I guess. Because most of them look alike. So let's say you set your mask down at work mm -hmm. next to someone else's mask. Then they look. Do you still struggle with which side goes in? Of Is course it you know I do. I always ask blue? you, am I blue or white? What's what what the goes deal? out? What, what's facing out blue. with your mask? I don't know. Blue. But what if you swap masks with somebody at work and, and you don't know it? And Ugh. it's kind of like sharing a toothbrush. It's very Masks oh. are very personal. Absolutely. Are they not? Yes. And they well, smell now because people have been... Seriously. I mean, if you had halitosis prior to the pandemic, get some flaws now because well, you you're in bad yourself. shape. Well, now. you've smelled yourself. Well, you're able to do that more now. because You self-diagnosed. Yes. Did you, in fact, have halitosis? Psychedelic. <laughs> Expialidocious. We have been binging for the past two nights. We didn't go to bed until 1.30 this morning. I mean, just what is wrong with us? We, we're 47 and 56 years okay, old. I'm huh? not that old, and oh, you need to stop. I'm sorry. That really makes me mad. And we were up until 1.30. I had been up 1.30 since I was in college. Okay, that's not true. <laughs> Number one. We have, we're, we're kind of pissed at ourselves because we were not aware of the show called The Unhinged. It's not called The Unhinged. Well, what's it called? Oh, my gosh. it's That's not what it's called. It's with Nicole Kidman. And Hugh Grant's in it. And Donald Sutherland, who is an American treasure. It's called The Undoing. Oh, okay. We'll Unhinged is what I get when I go into like the virtual school platform. All right. So it's The Undying. And no, it's on. It's The Undoing. Okay. Undoing. Okay. The Undoing. It's on HBO. Some people think it's on HBO Max, and it was originally on HBO Max, which is very difficult to get. But you can now stream it on HBO. I think you can also stream it on Hulu. And you can binge it. And you we were upset it. with ourselves because we, we weren't aware of this show. And this is our this is our type of show. It's like a big little. Uh, it's a combination of like Big Little like Lies a, like a, and Gone Girl. It's a psychological thriller. Yeah. And so whereas. Um, and we love that kind of stuff. Love it. And so whereas Big Little Lies was based in Malibu in California, this is all based in New York. And Hugh Grant plays her husband. And it's just really, really good. And I kept seeing people talk about it. And like hilarious people. Like I'm not, we're not going to give any spoilers away because. But we still have two episodes. It's a six episode show. And we have two more that we'll watch tonight. And you can't, if you want to start watching it, you really have to stay off the internet because you will spoil it for yourself. Um, but I kept seeing people the, the last night of it. 
in real time if you watched it that way was like Sunday night or whatever. And so all these people were like on um, social media and including like Travis Scott, the rapper. And he's like, he was tweeting Nicole Kidman saying, okay, I don't know who did it, but it's either you, your husband, your dad, your kid. And it could be any, it any be one anybody. of the, it, it could be the butler with a butcher knife in the salon. It could be. But it's, it's one of these shows where there's one person that's going to get or is responsible for this murder. Well, you can just feel the tension. Like I'm almost tense after I watch an episode because you're just, it's crazy. Now, some crazy things have come out of this, including the fact that as we get to, as we said, there's six episodes. As we start watching episode two, I'm like, this is eerily familiar with a book that I read. And the book is called You Should Have Known. It's by A.J. McDine. And it was pretty popular. It's been out a while. And all of a sudden, I'm like, wait, is this similar to the book I read? And then I realized that it was based on this book, which I have read. So then I'm like, oh, I know who did it. So now I'm sitting here watching it with you, knowing who the murderer is but I'm, i refuse to tell you and every now and then you'll try to be like and you're so funny every episode you're like that little boy did it the ex-husband did it the dad did it the maid did it that's who, my favorite one well donald sutherland is nicole kidman's father he's very protective daddy's girl i'm but i think that that's too um obvious yes mm -hmm. so i think that for it could be the eight-year-old kid for all i know right now but every scene in this series you're like okay you change your mind you're like okay that's who did it yeah, that's who did it. Um, but and, and it, we can't talk about it now. Later, after it's over, you'll understand. And if you've seen it, you're probably laughing at this whole conversation we're having right now because you know where this is going to end. So, Nicole Kidman's husband, who had an affair and a child, he's with, a doctor with this woman. We just found a lot of things fascinating about this series. Well, they seemingly have this perfect life. She, right. He's a doctor. She's a psychologist. And, and so she, she finds out, hang on, she finds out that her husband, the doctor, was fired from the hospital where he worked three months ago yeah. and, and didn't say a word to his wife. His wife did not know. Yeah, where's he she, going every she day? was told by the police. Where has he been going every day? Where's he been for going? For three months. Where's he been going? Where's he going? And these capes she wears. Like Stevie Nicks. Oh, my gosh. The the star of the show is actually her, Nicole Kidman's eyeballs and her capes. Because they're like these long Game of Thrones, like hooded capes that she's wearing walking through Central Park. There's definitely some holes in the story. I mean, I will tell you that it's just. But now knowing what I know about the book, they're taking this book and, you know, putting it down, compressing it into six episodes. So, yeah, it's just it's a lot of information. And I keep telling you it's getting ready to get weird because it's got to get weird quick. Because we only have two to watch. Yeah, and it's starting to get weird. It's going to get a lot weirder. I didn't know that Kiefer Sutherland was Donald Sutherland's son. I had no idea. I mean, that's a shocking thing out of this. Yeah. You just announced that. I'm like, how, how did you not know that? Uh, okay. Donald Sutherland's eyebrows. Golly. Unbelievable. Don't you love him, though? Unbelievable. He, he reminds me of James Spader as Red in The Blacklist. Yeah, he's because just, he's just got these, you know, and, and just these mannerisms and these pauses and the lips and the way that he gives you the lines. And he just hangs out at the Met, um, the Metropolitan Museum of Art. And he's in the book. It tells that he's like a he's kind of like a Bernie Madoff. He's like a super wealthy um, finance guy. But they he, don't, he was in Animal House. Donald Sutherland. Yes, mm -hmm. he was uh, the younger generation knows him from the Hunger Games series. Yes. Uh, Outbreak. 
he was in Outbreak, which a lot of people have watched during the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, Pride and Prejudice. MASH. Donald Sutherland. Mm-hmm. I, I've always enjoyed his work. I really have. Well, if you haven't seen this, it is totally worth binging. And because it's only six episodes, we've watched two a night. We have two left. We'll probably watch those two tonight. And I just cannot wait. I'm going to film, actually, and we'll put it in the... Um, We'll put it in the letter. I want to film your reaction when you find out. My, my life, that's, that's a great idea. My life reaction. Is. Okay. Because a lot of people are doing that and posting themselves onto Kelly Ripa posted herself and people are shocked because there is, there is an ending. There isn't, it's not one of those endings where you just figure out who you think did it. There's someone who did it and you're going to be shocked. And because the finale was, I think last weekend, you all, if you were watching it on HBO, you had to get a new episode once a week. Yes. But if you're the binge type, and we are, now that all six are out, you can just go ahead and spend a day. Yeah. But I'm telling you, you really got to stay away from the internet. Oh, there's a faint from Jake. Oh, mm. Cody. Oh, oh, my God. Down. Lord have mercy. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord. Snoop, talk about dropping it like Lord. it's Holy God, up. Lead me on. Wow. Precious Lord, take my hand by Snoop Dogg. He was everything. When doing the color commentary for the uh, Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Jr. fight. Which ended in a draw, right? Yeah. Yeah. Big fight that was recently, you know, recently went down and they had Snoop in the commentating booth and he was hilarious. At one point he said it was like watching his two uncles wrestle at a barbecue. Tyson all over Roy Jones Jr. Snoop. Like two of my uncles fighting at the barbecue. <laughs> There's also a fight uh, before the, the main event with YouTuber Jake Paul and NBA player uh, Nate Robinson. And Jake Paul knocked him out cold. And actually the clip where, where Snoop Dogg was, was singing Precious Lord Take My Hand, that was from when he knocked, Jake Paul knocked him out. He's a YouTuber? Yeah. And he can fight like that? Well, he's had one fight before. Is this the same guy, Donna, that, that was during the pandemic throwing these massive house parties? No, 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 no. Those oh, are TikTokers. That? It uh, is? Oh, it is Jake Paul. Carl saying yes. Carl okay. would know. Well, Carl would know. Carl would know. He's of that generation. He is. He's a TikToker. Yeah. And like they turned off his power at his house. No, and, no, like, no. The water. No, that's not him. That wasn't him. That's Bryce and Addison Ray, and that. That's the hype house. The sway house. Yeah. Hype sway house. Yeah. You're in the wrong group. <laughs> Not the first time. You're in the wrong click. click. Yeah, not the first time. <laughs> no, but it was fascinating. And everyone's saying that they should let um, Snoop call like the election or something. Like find them. Election's not boring. But I mean, find the most boring thing ever. Like the spelling bee. Can you imagine him with these kids in the spelling bee? Spell it again. Spell it again. Backwards and forwards. <laughs> Mike Tyson said that he was high as a kite when he was fighting. Mike or Snoop? Well, Snoop's a gimme. But you would think that, that Mike Tyson maybe would, would not spark one up prior to going into the 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 ring but he uh, says that he did well fascinating as we talk about he i think it was on the joe rogan podcast but he released the fact that what the reason he came back to fight is he went and took this um there's this toad testosterone or something that gets people like really high and it's very dangerous um and he dosed himself with some toad testosterone and decided that he was told by god that he needed to get back in the ring I mean, should we get a hold of some of this and see what God tells us? I don't know. Would you do that? I'll be your sober sitter. You give it a whirl first. Let me see how it goes down, and then I'll make my decision from there. Let okay. me see what you transform into. Like go to school, go go to go, go to school on me. Yes. Like watch me and see. Okay. Well, I'll be your sober sitter. Yeah. 
does Mike Tyson need testosterone? Additional testosterone? It, it's not like that. It's like a it's some sort of toad juice or something. I don't know. I don't know how it's extracted from the toad. If it's like safe or the toad wants to give up, I, I don't no, know. I can. I don't know anything about it. The toad does not want to give up its juice. Oh. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. But it was fascinating. I love those fights. I love. I used to like. Were you one of those big people when everyone used to fight like Holyfield Tyson? Remember, there was a period of time when those were like a big deal. They all those pay per views. It was like they were almost on all the time because that you know boxing was a profitable was a, and it was a big sport, a premier sport. It was always Holyfield or Tyson or whoever. I used to watch all those. We'd have big parties and stuff and watch them. But I did not watch this last one. But I just thought Snoop made it hilarious. Always ready for changing family schedules. Dinner Affair, dinner, A-F-A-R-E dot com. Tailored for all ages, for all tastes. We have been uh, clients and fans of Dinner Affair for years. And back in March, maybe, I reached out to, uh, again, we, we always talk about locally owned uh, businesses uh, to, uh, to to Stephanie, who, who with her husband, Ken, own Dinner Affair here in Atlanta. They do ship nationwide, but they're based here in Atlanta. Um, and I said, you know what, Stephanie, you have a product that people need to know about right now because... And we're kind of maybe, depending on how you feel about things, but maybe we're starting to settle back into where we were months ago. And and you're not wanting to go to the grocery store. You're not wanting to get out. You're not wanting to be around people. Uh, Dinner Affair delivers delicious, nutritious meals to your home once a month that you freeze. And then you pick the dinner that you want to have that night. Pull it out of the freezer. Let it defrost two to three steps. And you have dinner on the table. Every single ingredient that you need for your Dinner Affair meal is going to be included uh, in, in the individual meals that come to your home. And if you have picky eaters, we've talked to a couple of people who've said, the only reason I'm not doing a dinner service or meal service is because I'm incredibly picky eaters. I'm a picky eater. I don't like, you know, weird different foods. That's the great thing about dinner fare. There's a menu. They don't just send you without you looking into the choices. A lot of the meal services, you get what you get. On dinner affair, you get to actually go into the website, pick the meals out of a, a, a listing. 15 new meals every month. You're going to run, and, and this happens to us every time, you almost need more slots because you're like, oh, I wish I could get that, but there's just not enough room. So you get to pick your own meals and you get to actually go in and remove the ingredients that you don't want. And if you like extra, if you want extra onions or something, you can put that on there. You can put anything you want into your notes and they um, will, you know, make the meals the way They're that you want them to. Personally done. prepare yeah. your meals for you. Cost. Here's the deal. Regardless of the meal package that you choose, a very generous offer from Stephanie and Ken, $30 off your first order. Enter the promo code CADDY, C-A-D-D-Y, at checkout. And there are maybe five different levels, Don, I think, uh, depending on how many people you have in your family and how many servings you want of each meal. So you, you personalize not only the meals that you choose, but the, you know, the, the number of servings and depending on all of that, it's different prices. But regardless of the package, $30 off, free contactless delivery in Atlanta, dinner, fair shops nationwide, no contract money back guarantee. Dinner, A-F-A-R-E dot com. We have a small ask of you three things. If uh, you would, don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss anything coming up. Number two, rate and leave five-star reviews for the pod. Have we had any new reasons? Mm, had a few. We had someone asking um, why, in, in a review, why we had the repeat podcast. Well, it wasn't a repeat for, for most people. That was an episode from October 13th, and it was my fault. I hit a wrong button or something. And we've been at this for almost a year. How many? I don't know how many episodes we have. But that, I'm shocked we've only had one. That's, that was the only one where there was a technical glitch. And so many people, it was a problem that was exclusive to Apple. So if you listened on any other podcast platform, you got that episode. But we know that 80, Carl, percent of our subscribers listen on Apple Podcasts. So 
by far the larger majority of our listeners uh, that support this podcast didn't get it. So it wasn't a lazy thing. No, all. no, no, no. I don't want you to think that at all. No, we just want everyone to have access to it. So rate and leave five star reviews to the pod. And that's the place to do it. And always show our sponsors some love. Gallery Furniture, Gainesville, Dinner Affair. Dot com guests of the Cadillac Jack My Second Act podcast. They have the all new Even Hotel at Avalon. Steps from world class shopping, dining, and entertainment. I'm still waiting for these guests to come over. Are they like some. on the van, just circling the perimeter? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Did you see? Okay, this isn't in the run of show. Mm-hmm. Did you see where when when Vice President Pence was in town two weeks ago to do a fundraiser for uh, uh, Purdue and Leffler? He had one in Canton, I think, and then one in Gainesville, which. If you're not familiar with North Georgia, those are cities on two opposite. I mean, those are those two cities are two hours apart. Air Force Two flew into Dobbins Air Force Base in Cobb. So they go from the motorcade goes from Dobbins north to Canton. And then they come back south on 75 top end eastbound, 85 northbound, 985 northbound to Gainesville. Well, they thought they were. Well, then in, in backwards <laughs> to come back, they did it in reverse. 985 southbound, 85 southbound. The motorcade accidentally went the wrong way on 285. Okay. On the way back. And that happens if you've driven through Atlanta traffic or any major city. That happens. But here's my thing about that. If you're the driver, when do you like just correct yourself and start driving back the other way? Or do you have to announce to the vice president? Oopsie. But can you, I mean, think about how many vehicles are in a a presidential or vice presidential motorcade. And they're just motoring the wrong way. Yeah. And and so that leader, it was Greg Bluestein from the Atlanta General Constitution, a political reporter who was in the press pool in one of the vans that said to somebody, hey, listen, guys, we're going to Stone Mountain. Oh, dear. <laughs> they were going eastbound maybe rather Pence than westbound to, to go back to Cobb Air Force. Maybe but, Pence wanted to ride that riverboat. The Ducks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Quack his I mean, name. I think they got as far as like Stonecrest Mall out on I-20 or something and turn around. Anyway. Can you imagine? But nobody, that? I was reading in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution today, they're reaching out to the Secret Service, to the Georgia State Patrol, to local law enforcement agencies to ask how did this happen oh and nobody's talking about it because there is i don't know about this but the paper says that the vice president because the areas where they went when the mistake was made they went 25 eastbound on the return those areas hadn't been cleared oh i see by law enforcement and so the vice vice president pence could have and it was rush hour too hmm uh, and so they hadn't shut down the interstates, which they do if there's a presidential or vice presidential right. motorcade coming through. So he, Vice President Pence is stuck in rush hour traffic at North Lake. Mm. <laughs> that might get that transportation bill through quicker, you know. Can you imagine seeing him in traffic and be like, beep, beep? Oh, my. All right. Uh, I've been in a funk lately, and I want to apologize. We're not going to spend a lot of time on this. But, um, you know, I, I just there there's been... During the pandemic, there have been times, and we've talked about this, and listen, this is an escape. This podcast is about entertaining and, and for the most part, making you laugh. But if, if you've listened to most of the episodes, you also know that we're not afraid to uh, talk about uh, Heavy life. Stuff. And, yeah. And uh, I, I've, I've, I've struggled with the pandemic quite a bit. Um, I think it's isolation. I think it was um, a lot of things. Um, and, and so for whatever reason, the past month has been really tough. Um. Just don't want to be around people, and I'm fine. I've come out of it now, and I've been out of it for like a week. Yeah, uh, didn't want to be around people. Didn't want. To, I literally did not want to get out of bed. And I would say to myself, "Who the f does not want to get out of bed?" And I'd heard people say that before about depression or what you know things like that. And it's like, get out, of, put your clothes on, get out of bed. Sometimes easier said than done. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um. And and so 
I know that my head maybe for there were three episodes, maybe two, not two or three in the past month, maybe where I, I my head just wasn't in it. And if, if you are a creative type and I like to think that I am and you're not in a good headspace and, and, and you're not in a, a good place to be creative, then you're not going to be creative. Yeah. Well, and I don't think you're the only one that's that's gone through this. And I think that, you know, pre-pandemic people have things like that going on. But with the pandemic, depending on what your situation is, you know, even if you have a great job, but you're not working in the office, some days it's kind of hard to get up and get motivated for it. And every day, some days feels like Groundhog Day, you know. But when you have sometimes back to back to back to back to back, it's just. Uh, yeah, it can put you kind of in a spiral. Yeah. And the holidays, the election. I mean, there's just, and I'm not saying because President Trump lost. Or, it's, just, it's a lot it's of just, heavy stuff. There was, like, with, with you know, all of the race relation. I mean, it's just, it's been a really crappy year. You it know? has. And it really has. Well, Golly. and I think when you, you know, sometimes you turn on the TV or you're looking at social media and, you know, you always look at things through your filter, not you personally, but people look at things through their filter. So if you have a lot of money during the holidays and you see commercials about, you know, buying people presents, it doesn't hit you the same way. If you're someone who's listening, who's struggling financially, that, that stuff hits harder because you're like, I can't do that kind of thing. And then you feel bad that you can't do that kind of thing. And if you're someone who, you know, is an empath, like I am that way, I take, it's like a vampire. You take everyone's energy. You want to make sure that this person's happy, that this person's not sad, that this person, it can really drain you. You know, especially during this time, because you're checking on everybody to make sure everybody's okay. So I think that the first part of getting through something like that is acknowledging it, you know, and just saying, I haven't, like you did, I haven't been myself, I haven't been okay. And I know when you go through, I mean, we all do, listen, we go through ups and downs, but I know when you get that way. And my thing with you is always just, I know you're happier when you're busy. So just to get you out doing things. Donna wants me to drive a UPS truck. Yeah. No kidding. I mean, she sent me the link yep. to apply for seasonal, for seasonal work at Atlanta-based UPS and, and to drive. I, I just I think there has to be some sort of training. Maybe. But let's see. OK, let's oh, okay. Oh. take those steps to see. All righty. I thought the link was a joke. Clearly, it was not. No. Because, and listen, you have like a you have you like me have a couple of jobs. And but I think that. It's different. It, and even in this new economy, we call it a gig economy when people are doing three and four different things. It's that one thread thing. And for so long, you know, for 26 years, you had one solid single thing. Now you have a bunch of different things. And I think for you, too, some people thrive in that environment. I do. But that's not for everyone. So there again, if you're not busy all the time, that's OK, too. You know, but for you, you always, you never had three or four things like that going on. You had one thing you did well, incredibly well for 26 years. And you also got home. You know, you would get up super early, do your show and get home. So it's it's a complete change to a complete schedule. You know, so if you're going through this and you're listening right now, just know that, you know, you're not alone. No, you're not. But check in with your friends. And, and you've been a, a great, as you always are, a great uh, resource. Oh, thank you. During my depression. Okay, well. The Great Depression of 2020. Okay. Uh, real quick, Atlanta Radio Notes. Talking about Atlanta Radio. That was my gig for 26 years um, here in Atlanta before we switched to podcasting in January. Uh, this week, Clark Howard, who is not only Atlanta, but is on 250 radio stations nationwide, a consumer guru, 
uh, announced his retirement at the end of the year. You know what he said, which I think is so true, and you can relate to this, because people always think that there's something behind it. With Clark, there wasn't, because that show makes a lot. I'm sure they did not, WSB did not want him to retire. But there's the show component for Clark Howard, and then there's, he employs probably 200 people across the country. And what he said was, the strain of trying to come up with content for the radio portion, he couldn't do it anymore. He, he absolutely knows everything about consumer finances and how to run that and do that and, and be the advocate he is. But to be the public face of it, almost like a Dave Ramsey, he's as big as Dave Ramsey, and to constantly be coming up with content. And he just said, listen, I don't need the money anymore. He's done radio forever. And it's not an easy gig. It, it is not easy. I mean, it's not easy to do anything. It's not easy to bust rock. But I mean, it is. I think sometimes people look at radio and TV as such easy, fun things, and they are. But it's a lot of work, as you know, to come up with content every single day. And he he has done so much charitable work. Unbelievable. Clark's kids here in Atlanta for foster kids at Christmas. So th- that's going on in the Atlanta market and nationwide with with Clark. But uh, Jamie Dupree from WSBAM here in Atlanta has been let go. The the Washington Insider, DC reporter, uh, long time SBAM here in Atlanta is and always is the number one radio station in town. And uh, Otis from ninety four nine The Bull. Uh, is no longer. Yeah. Uh, that uh, just in the past 24 hours, sent him a text last night and just said, you know, and, and when I was in, everybody knows everybody for the most part in, in, in a particular radio market. And you're very competitive, but you're also ever, you know, anyone who loses their job. And I, I was there a year and a half ago. Yeah. Um, if they're in your industry, competitor or not. Reach out. You reach out. And so yeah. I sent out his quick text last night and he just acknowledged it. And, but I wish him the best as well. So, yeah, absolutely. I think there's going to be more of those coming. Radio notes here in the Atlanta market. All right. Brandon Blackstock is the soon to be ex-husband of superstar Kelly Clarkson this week in a court. He filed papers seeking $436,000 in monthly spousal and child support. That is a monthly number. The breakdown goes like this. Uh, they have two kids. River Rose is six, and uh, the four-year-old is uh, Remington, I think. Remington Alexander. So the breakdown in child support, Donna, was uh, it comes out to $67,500 per child a month. It's unbelievable. And then the rest in, in spousal support, I think the rest of it would be like $300,000. The two together come up to $436,000 a month. And it was a filed in, It was filed in, in California. A month. Which is, you know, equitable division state. It wasn't filed in Tennessee. Very interesting. I was paid in child support $114 a month. You were paid. Now, we paid a yes. lot more when we paid. We did, but. Not this kind of money. I just. <sighs> I think sometimes like in a number like that, if I'm the judge, it's so ridiculously astronomical. Does your case lose like any kind of credence or. No, it shouldn't. Support because it's so crazy. Like. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like you're being so ridiculously greedy that that it's it's almost like it weakens your case. But I don't know. I don't know if that's if that's so. Like, does he have expenses to back up the fact that he needs? There's there's no way you can spend sixty seven thousand five hundred dollars a month on a child. That's a lot of Smurf berries. You know, those little games those kids play. And he has a job. He's an executive producer of the Kelly Clarkson show. And well, he also he manages Blake Dam Shelton. And he managed her. That's the thing that I that just smacks so much with this one is aside from the fact that 
as usual, it always starts out. We're going to be the best of friends and co-parent and love each other. And yeah, this one, and it did start that. This yeah. one, this one started. They, they always nasty do. Quick. They always do. And if you go back a couple of podcasts, I said this one's getting ready to get nasty. And but I mean, it's just such a ridiculous number. And here's the thing: he was her agent, so he's already made money off her. Like he, le- I guess, legit made it as an agent. I think when he got mad was when she also filed a claim that he he should he owes they owe her money her him and his father because they were not licensed to do some of the deals that they were doing for her now his father is narvel blackstock reba's ex who for decades was married to reba mcintyre i'm sure this has sent shockwaves through a little bit of nashville because you've got a lot of like tributaries that go off of this because kelly and blake are pretty good friends blake shelton and now this is going on with his manager kelly to get primary custody of the kids i wanted to read a couple things from the order uh, from the judge, um, the court found that the children have not resided in Montana. Um, Brandon wanted the kids to be with him in Montana. That was his ask. And instead, the judge said that Brandon must travel to L.A. to see the children at uh, Kelly's home for visitation and parenting time. The court also says, this is interesting. The judge said that the level of conflict between Clarkson and Blackstock had increased and that the former couple would have a difficult time co-parenting due to issues of trust between them. Mm, messy. Messy. Get your mop. It's messy. Messy. This is what happens. You open the door and then all this stuff starts to get out. But we've been here before. You and I personally. Oh, yeah. And, 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 after the fact, when you're able to remove yourself from the nastiness and you're able to remove yourself from the greed on well, both sides. Well, and just wanting to get at someone. Yeah. Once you are able to remove yourself from all of that, I personally can say I look back. With regret. Absolutely. I did. Absolutely. We but off- when you're in the moment, though, and it's heated. Yeah. And you're pissed. And you just want to win. You will do anything. And here's who gets rich. Are the attorneys, mm-hmm. the guardian ad litems, mm-hmm. the mediators, the forensic evaluators. All of those people get rich. And it's interesting. He wants her to, he wants Kelly Clarkson to pay his attorney fees. He has seven attorneys. Can you imagine the hourly rates of these people? The retainers, the, if you've been through this, kids or no kids with divorce, you just quickly realize that. Absolutely. And I know there's women and men listening who are like, well, you don't understand because I'm in it right now. And, you know, I don't have enough money to feed my kids because my ex that I agree. Each party, when you have kids together, it's a commitment. It's a commitment till the end of time. It's not a commitment until they graduate from high school. It's not a commitment until they go to college. It's it's a lifetime commitment. And that means providing for your kids and helping your kids. Nobody on either side. And this goes men and women should hold financial support when their kids need things to get at the other person. But there is that moment in time when somebody gets greedy. Is it even possible? Because the thing that you hear from judges and from the courts during custody trials, the thing that you hear from the court is, number one, what's in the best interest of the child? And you you will hear that 10,000 times during your, your, your custody battle. One that you should use that as your filter. Right. And and the other, Donna, is that the children or child 
should be able to live at the le- help me out here with the language, but they should be able to live at the level that they were living prior to the parents Flooding. divorcing. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So is there an argument that River Rose and Remington Alexander at six and four years old lived a lifestyle that, that was somewhere near $67,500 a month. That's it, right? That's impossible. There's no way. Here's the problem. The The language is, is that the child, the children should be should live at the lifestyle they were accustomed to. Or yes, or they That's it, to. yes. Here's, here's when that comes into play. When, and I don't want to pick on men because it can be women too. Let's just say either one. Husband or wife goes out and gets a $500 an hour attorney and the, the other party is stuck with no money. A public defender. Right. And when the other party almost uses money as an attraction to keep the kid at that home, you know, that it, yes, if, if the father can always afford to take, can send them to summer camp, then we're sending you to summer camp is the way it should be. Not, I'm having to pay for this and your mom, you wouldn't be able to go to summer camp, you know, if I wasn't paying for this. That if, if it's in the best interest to go to private school, that even though the dad's paying it, we're sending you to private school. Yeah, but when you're in the moment, though. I hear you. It is. It is tit- but I think, that, I think that's where it is, is when it's so, they both live amazing lifestyles. It's not like if Kelly Clarkson doesn't pay him this money that these kids are going to go from living in a huge mansion in L.A. to a shack in Montana or Tennessee. That's not the case. That was put into place to even the playing field. So that the kids wouldn't leave an incredibly nice home and go to mommy or daddy's house and they lived, you know, in squalor or in a place that wasn't safe for them to be in. Because then the cards are stacked to the other parent that the child's not ever going to want to spend time there. That's not the case here. This is out and out greed and narcissism. Power. Power, control. Hate. Hate. And it's a public, it's a public blast. And I think, you know, after you live with someone, listen, you and I've lived together for a long time, you know, people's hot buttons. And I'm sure somewhere along the way, Brandon has learned that Kelly's hot button is she doesn't want stuff out publicly. She doesn't want to feel heat. So what he said is, I don't expect to get this kind of money, but if we put enough heat on her, she'll leave me alone and we can settle it at whatever we need to settle it out. And when you're going through a divorce, that's a lot of it is... Attorney's trying to make the other person feel like, oh, we've got you. You know, you've done this. You haven't. It shouldn't be a chance to go over your parenting highlights and lowlights because we all have them. All right. Let's talk about gallery furniture. And then we're going to reveal the top word of 2020. I cannot wait. Is it doo-doo mask? No. Okay. Gallery furniture, 1600 Brown Spidro, Gainesville. The Wolfman Legacy continues there. Huge showroom with uh, trucks every day. They got them pulling in. I, I've been up there visiting with, with Marilyn before and, and, and Donna too. Uh, at Gallery Furniture, un- unloading trucks, Donna. I've been up there unloading trucks and then helping to load customers' trucks. Mm, but we have video footage on that. I didn't get my knots right, and Donna got on to me about that. But she's been tying them since she was a little girl because their family has been in this business. Gallery Furniture has been around for, for, for decades. Yeah, and she grew up, you know, selling right alongside her father. So she knows these customers. She's grown up in the community. Her, her Marilyn, 
um, grew up in that community and has come back to work with her mother. And it's just, a, it's a great environment. If you go up there, they're going to help you pick out what you need. They're going to help you with financing. They're going to help you load your truck. They're going to tie the knots the right way so it doesn't fall off in the middle of 285. And they actually have been posting some amazing like side tables and consoles. And those are great ways to kind of like pep up your room without spending a fortune. Like if you need another side table to put like, you know, do a mini bar cart, which gosh knows we all need a bar cart in the pandemic. You know what I mean? Um, or like a TV console. Perfect. And they've got some really cool ones that have like great storage underneath them and they look amazing. So check out also make sure you're um, following them on all of their social channels because on Instagram they post a ton of product that they're getting in daily. And sometimes you look at it and you're like, I need that. I'm driving up there right now. Gainesville, Georgia is where you're going to find gallery furniture. Recliners from two ninety nine tons of bedding options. Financing is available. Ask for the Wolfman Gallery Furniture in Gainesville. If you were to choose a word, one single word that rose above most in twenty twenty, which word would it be? Rose. What about you? I want to go over three or four runners up before we reveal as we prepare the drum roll. Mm. The Miriam. So hey, what is it, Miriam Mi or Mi Marilyn? Mary Marilyn Webster. Marilyn Dictionary. Webster. Yep. 2020 word of the year. Here's some runners up. Uh, coronavirus was one of them. Well, okay. Mamba. For um, Kobe. Asymptomatic. Yes. Defund. Mm. Antebellum. Because of the Lady Antebellum squash this year with Lady A, the jazz singer, was a runner up for word of the year. Irregardless. Which is not a word. Is that why? Yes. Okay. Icon. Because of Ruth Bader, Ruth Bader and um, John Lewis. John, yes. Uh, Malarkey was considered. I don't know about that one. As was Kraken. What's Kraken? Kraken. Like they're going to release the Kraken. So, well, they thought they were. Coronavirus had been in the dictionary for decades. COVID 19, though, was coined in February of this year. How about that? 34 days later, Merriam Webster headed up online along with a couple of dozen other entries that were revised to reflect the, the, the pandemic. 34 days, though, that's the shortest period of time that the dictionary has ever seen a word go from coinage to entry. So 34 from, days, COVID-19. From the point that people are like talking about, it's a hot right. button, and then they're submitting it. The coronavirus outbreak began back in March. You recall an episode, a death starts at 269, when we talked about the cruise ship industry. And I told you back in mid-February, there will be no spring break. And people came at me. Yes, they did. And said, Cadillac Jack, how dare you say my family will not go on spring break because of something called the coronavirus. And here we are 10 months later wearing masks with doo-doo on them. Mm, mm, mm. You're like a, 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 a soothsayer, a, a seer. You could see into the future. You ready for the word of the year? Yes. Do we have a drum roll? Pandemic. Is that it? That's it. Pandemic. Is that Marion saying it? Marilyn. Marilyn Webster. She married Don Webster. Pandemic, word of the year. Well, that's not very surprising. I didn't think it would be. I think I thought that it was too obvious. I, I thought it would be something like, we, we had this conversation last night, you and I. Yeah, I think one of them is unprecedented. How many times did you hear unprecedented? It's, we're just in an unprecedented time. Zoom. Zoom, yes. A potential 2020 word of the year. Yeah. Because I think pandemics are predictable. And I'm a little surprised, actually, that they. Fauci. That Marilyn. Like, you know, yeah, how people, I mean, they, they, people they, refer, refer to him as like a word. 
You know, Fauci said, not doctor. Fauci says, Fauci said. I don't have, I'm missing a page in the Russia show because you printed it and that went all over the office. Um, all I see is the next headline and it says. Okay, well, hang on. We're going to get there okay. in a second. Hang on. Um, where's the page that, that says that they now have statistics and research that says the coronavirus actually hit much earlier than we thought. So I have friends, I'm sure you do too, and you're listening right now that said, you know what? I think I had the coronavirus, but it was in December. Uh, uh, chances are, yeah. maybe that's a possibility because they're now saying they being the national coronavirus task force, task force hotline people mm-hmm. say that like indeed it, it was, it was here a- much earlier. Okay. Well, and I think that we've talked about it with Olivia, our 17 year old. She was very sick last December and she had something that was almost like the flu for two weeks. They actually tested her for meningitis. They tested her for strep. They tested her for everything. And the doctor said, I'll never forget this. He was like, this is kind of weird. I've seen a lot of kids coming through and it's just like a fever virus. And it lasts for about two weeks. And I think she had it. Here's a COVID no shit news headline. New Orleans Swingers event become super spreader after 41 tests positive for coronavirus. Can we just stop right there? Mm -hmm. Never in the same headline should be the word swingers and super spreader. (laughs) Okay. Let's just start there. Okay. Uh, with no, here, here's just uh, the first opening graph from the New Orleans paper. With no dance floor and strict new coronavirus guidelines, attendees of the 2020 Naughty Nolan Swingers Convention swayed in place at their tables and flirted behind masks from a distance. Did that just say swayed at their tables? After being tested for the coronavirus and agreeing to wear masks, about 250 people checked into New Orleans Hotel for the Swingers Convention on November 14th to reconnect a computer, sorry, to reconnect a community separated by the pandemic. I mean, with those numbers at two fifty, you've got to move quickly. You know what you had to do? Move quickly. It, well, but if you were at this swingers event, you had to carry around a log with you. I mean, I guess some already were, but okay, <laughs> like a yule, like a like a notebook, oh, a diary, and you had to for contact tracing. Stop it! I swear, before you would interact. <clears throat> With a complete stranger wearing your mask, you'd have to say, listen, crazy. listen, what's your name again? Say your, your name. name. Yeah. And, and you would have to write down the people that you spent. What was it? You spent more. If you spent more than 10 minutes with a particular person at the swingers convention, you had to log their name in your oh, book. God. And so now these 41 that are positive for the coronavirus after swinging their logs around in Orleans. At the Naughty Nolans. Are having to go back and call, contact all these people. It's the, so the gross. Organizers, Please stop. This is just so gross. Pod Do you think peeps? we have any uh, people that listen that are pod peeps that are swingers that would like go to the Naughty Nolans? I don't know. Unless, if you knew at the podcast, go back in the library and find the episode about, uh, about our swingers story. We're not swingers. For the record, we're not. But we seem to but be we easy marks. Two great swinger stories yes. in, a, in a past episode. For some reason, we seem to be easy marks. Ben Mayfield is a pot peep for this episode. Thanks, Ben, for your support. Bad news, he wrote on Facebook. Cadillac, the Mexican restaurant in the Days Inn in Clayton, Georgia, doesn't seem to be open. <laughs> this is a problem. I guess it didn't make a, it didn't didn't survive the pandemic. Explain to everyone what the Days I've Inn always is. said Clayton, Georgia is up in the North Georgia Mountains, Northeast Georgia Mountains, um, as you approach North Carolina. And think near the Dillard house. Right. And I've been going up there my entire, we have a family home up in Cashiers, North Carolina, which is right over the border. And so my entire life, or I've been in Atlanta for 26 years, most of my life, but I've been making that trip back and forth. And so there's a, there's a day's in at Clayton. And I've always said that if I'm ever running from the law, that's where you're going to find me. Or just in general, if you go missing, 
Like on a bender. Okay, well, not a bender, but that's another thing from this show on HBO. To go back, he was missing for two days. She couldn't find him, and she just keeps waiting for him to show up. And I ask you, if I'm missing for 24 hours, are you going to report me? And you're like, I don't know. Let me think about it. Like, that's your Well, so you have everything. to wait a certain amount of time before you report No, you don't. Yeah, you do. The police aren't going to take your call until you're gone for like 18 hours, 24 hours. Or okay, so if you are gone for 18 to 24 hours... That's where I'm going. I'm going to be, I'm not going to be happy. Number one, to have to drive to Clayton. I may stop at Goats on the Roof on my way there. Be like, I need to get a little sunshine before I knock on this door and deal with this crazy man. Not knowing what's going to be behind the door. What's going to be behind the door? Who's going to be behind the door? What? And they have that pool too, which is just at the Days Inn in Clayton, which has the Mexican restaurant. Not anymore, according to, uh, to Ben Mayfield, the pot peep. But uh, they have that really, that pool. You've mm-hmm. seen it. Yeah. Instead it of it's like right off of I've seen it. what is that road that goes four forty one, I guess. Four forty one. I mean, like you could if if you were resting your cold beer on the edge of the hot tub, which I would not recommend that you get in at the days in a Clayton. Uh it's so close to four forty one that like people going northbound could grab your beer off the side of the hot tub and roll on with it. Like you're you're literally in traffic if you're in the hot tub uh, with friends and associates at the days in Clayton. Instead of being at the naughty knowledge, you're gonna be at the creepy Clayton. But the Mexican restaurant there. That's so sad. Did not survive the pandemic. Uh, Reach out to us. Uh, We have a dedicated voicemail and text line for this podcast. And the messages come straight to my phone. And uh, let's check it, Donna, real quick. This is always one of the most, this is the high high point of each episode. It really is. It holds people uh, on uh, edge. We've got something. Okay. Someone took the time to dial 770-464-6024. And they write. You ready? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Just wanted you to have something to read on air. Oh. We because we haven't had any messages in weeks. Oh. Great job on the podcast. All right. Well, thank you for your sympathy. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm sure you have burning questions, and that's that's where to put it. Yeah. And include your name and city, because yeah. we would like to uh, we'd like to give you a proper pot peep shout out. Our thanks to executive producer Carl Appen, who is also editor of our weekly e-letter. It's called The Letter. Hits your inbox every Saturday morning at 910 with uh, background and more crazy lies and stories and photographs that complement the stories that you've heard during the week's two episodes. Uh, alternative uh, uh, episode titles and... Uh, green bean casserole recipe. So check that out. Text left on red. R-E-D is the color. No spaces left on red to the number 22828. New episodes on Tuesday and Thursday of Cadillac Jack, my second act, part of the Athens Podcast Network. <laughs>